0: You're listening to Hutton Orbital Radio News Digest.
1: Norma? Yes?
2: Is it Thursday? Haven't got a clue. Uh, uh, Lou? What day was it yesterday?
3: Oh crap. I, I didn't forget your birthday, did I?
1: Um, Nope. I mean, what day was it yesterday?
3: I'm in so much trouble. It was Norma, wasn't it? She's going to pan me so hard.
2: It wasn't my birthday. Oh, and take this for not knowing my birthday. Ow!
1: Rudolph? Hmm? How many days has it been since the last show?
0: Not a clue. I wasn't there.
1: It's just that... What? I think it might be Thursday. It
3: can't be Thursday. We'd have noticed. There would be a, a script and a radio crew and uh, an update from Hanky.
2: Hello, what's that in your hand? Not a clue. But you've been looking for the last hour. Oh, oh, Um, it's a report
3: from Colonia.
2: By Hankey? Might be. But, but that means that... Oh, bother.
0: Our mics are live. I know we've got no script, just wing it! Oh, and good evening everyone! Welcome to Hutton Orbital Live, broadcasting from the very best radio station that you can find this far from Alpha Centauri. Hanging out with us this evening we've got the Harry Balsack.
1: Um, he's not here.
0: Well, we've got my co-host Dick Chafing. Okay, we've got Norma and Lou Snockers.
3: Watch everyone.
2: Hello, lovely to be here. Bit roomy this week, isn't it?
0: Wilmer's busy with something seamless.
1: It's my spandex onesie.
3: Why has it got little ears?
1: Well, if it didn't, I wouldn't be able to hear you. Hmm. Makes sense.
0: And of course, coming up later, we've got Commander Wotherspoon and Buck Naked. Rudolph. What?
1: They're missing too.
0: Bother. Okay, well, um, we've got some headlines, and then we're going to totally make everything up. Canon unsticks their gnosis.
2: Bazz's bouncy bumper banterbus discovers that quicksand sucks. While the testing's resting,
1: Brewer snaps newer shot.
3: Cecil passes driving test and is unleashed right into your cockpit.
0: The Apology Officer brings us the latest Rampage from Rampage.
1: Atrus
2: 5060's taking a new approach. I'm keeping an eye on my liberty.
3: And I'm making sure he isn't taking any. (laughs) First tonight, an update from Canon Interstellar. It appears that LCU and the crew have managed to cable up enough I- anacondas to the Gnosis Genosis, Gosis, Gnosis Genosis, to give it a little jump start. The long term future for the Thargoid proging, system jumping, galaxy exploring bastion of tomfoolery has yet to be determined but the boffins seem intent on making the journey back to Verati, home of the biscuit cupboard and the headquarters of Canon. Currently stuck in orbit around a white dwarf star, but with the power systems back online, they're in the process of towing the anacondas back on board, all the juice has been sucked out of their cartons boosting the megaship's batteries, before pointing the pointy end back towards civilization, firing up the fiery end, hanging on for dear life and hoping they don't overshoot and end up in Andromeda.
1: In an infinite universe, one should expect the unexpected. Roll in a healthy dose of the Trousers of Time and Pan-Dimensional Space, it's no wonder that Hutton Truckers find themselves up to their necks in stuff. Which is exactly what happened to our very own Kinrain and his banter bus this week.
3: Is Pan-Dimensional Space anywhere within Norma's reach? Ah, I asked for that.
1: With his 26-day mission less than a week old, Kinrain and his cohorts have already visited a distant megaship and forgotten the logs, a bar and didn't check out the notice board, and a racetrack but managed not to make it to the starting line. But they had a really good fun doing it all. Wednesday saw the latest leg of their journey, visiting the archaeological and historically significant site that is Jameson's Crashed Cobra eager to hear the history for themselves and reach out and touch, okay, pull stunt jumps over, this relic from humanity's past. They made their way to the planet, typed the coordinates into their not-lost-a-tron and converged on the lonely, last resting place of such a famous pilot. Meanwhile, Kinrain managed to overshoot the target, deploy his SRV and promptly dive into a dust a puddle of powdery rock that acted much like a liquid and sunk right up to the top of his canopy. Unfortunately, due to the relatively monochrome nature of the surface and his little antenna not being long enough to poke above the rim, Kinrain had to resort to remembering his morse code and flashing everyone repeatedly from his cockpit with a handy torch. Not to be deterred, his wingmates had all manner of exciting shenanigans, took selfies, stopped for a bite of dinner used the crashed Cobra as a stunt jump ramp and generally tooled around, looking in completely the wrong direction. By the end of the evening, they were wondering what crevice he'd fallen into, his ship having left for orbit without him, and proceeded to scour the area. Luckily, Kinrain's Morse code was better than he thought, and he managed to string the sentence, send cheese, stuck in crevette, need ham, together. They triangulated his posting, positioning, sorry, towed him out of the hole he was in, and helped recall his mothership, ensuring that the banter bus was ready to make its next jump. Tonight, they're off to an INRA base to find out a little more about the history of human Thargoid relations. Let's just hope they don't accidentally restart the Thargoid war in the process. Or maybe that's just the objective.
0: After a busy few weeks, excuse me, I'll croak that one again. After a busy few weeks buying, breaking, and writing all sorts of nonsense on the forums about the Brewer Corporation's biggest ships yet, pilots have been given a week's notice that Brewer will be firing up their galactic hard drives and taking pot shots at your cash pots, snaps of your crap, and logs of your load in preparation for the next phase of head into the simulator and try and break a carrier. A raft of new changes are expected, and due to a concerted campaign by Universal Cartographics, it's widely expected that explorers will be able to use their carrier signal to carry a signal back to the bubble and signal from their carrier that they're cashing in their cartographic maps from wherever they are. For a fee. For those that love languishing a long way out in space, this gives them the reassurance that they can make enough credits to keep them in mortgage payments, child maintenance, rent on that luxury apartment in Lave Station and the cleaning bill once station services start wondering what that strange smell is coming from the fridge. I discover the six-month-old vegetables in the crisping drawer. There has been a strong rumor that the running costs have been resolutely reduced and scientists are reporting that they've managed to squeeze some nuclei together even harder and make the tritium even more efficient than it was before. No word yet on the campaign to allow the trade in hut mugs and of course other rares from megaships, but Snuggles McKeague has come up with a cunning plan to go the full TARDIS on the carriers and load not only the cargo bay, but a full flight hangar up with cargo before each jump, all wrapped up nicely in empty anacondas and parked pythons. Hutton are looking forward to the end of the testing as it signals the start of the countdown to the launch of their very own megaships, and a large landing pad a little closer to Hutton Orbital than the next system over. More on mega carriers next week.
1: Be careful what you wish for. We've said it time and time again. Anything that can go wrong probably will, and maybe already has. All those pilots inquiring as to the location of Cecil, formerly of Hutton Orbital, more recently of Colonia, and places in between, have had their questions answered. He has been in training. No, not that kind of training. That involves installing the Hutton's helper tracker app on your SRV and drawing rude words on planet surfaces before sending it to everyone. Nor the kind that Commander Weatherspoon likes to do on his weekend off with big levers. Points and stuff on rails, usually around the interior of his favourite Corollis. We mean the kind that involves three-point docking manoeuvres, neutron stars, and reversing around an asteroid. The kind that has the instructor's hand reaching for the emergency eject button, the examiner requiring nerves of steel that would normally accompany a bomb disposal technician, and the denizens of the galaxy to take evasive action whenever they see his L-plate. Yes. Cecil's being certified as a cockpit companion, a co-pilot, and a tactical technician. Somehow, he managed to see straight long enough to take a ship through a complex series of test missions without ending up with a big insurance claim. Having accepted a short-term contract with HCS Storm Door and Shipping Service, he's hiring himself out as a walking, talking, button-pushing, labour-saving man about space. As we've said, you've been warned.
0: And now, something from the Apology Officer.
4: Hutton Orbital Incident Report Incident Type Property Damage Station Damage Ship Damage Other hotbox stuff Incident Location Cavalieri in the Electra System Date of Incident 25th of April 3306 well, it was Rampage's musical landing pads, and we were all excited. What ships would people bring? Had they engineered them? How heavily armed were they? And can my shields take it? It's a hotbox event after all. There were phantoms, eagles, a cheeky BDBX, DBX, and my Type 7. I was working on the logic that if I get into the later box first, no one could get past me. The rules were pretty simple. Everyone had to fly around the station, avoiding four new pammers, and when the music stops, request landing. No docking computers in the last one and the landing pad is out. Brad Pitt played all the classics including Sticky Sticky Stick Stick and Barbie Girl. But you can imagine how things went. Mr Venezia overshot the landing pad. Not a euphemism. Malice got lost inside the docking bay and Bobby blasted through the letterbox and full boost and hit the back of the dock. Also not a euphemism. Uh, far as I know. Textbook landings by Techie Mr B meant that he was leading the pack. Then I had a wee incident. I was in a hurry to get in the landing pad before Mr Venezia and I couldn't find my landing pad and people were shouting and alarms were going off and I accidentally released some mines in the docking bay. I put my ship into a roll so that all the mines would go now that wee point and that right in the middle where there's no gravity but instead they fired out like a catherine wheel towards all the landing pads and the ships dock there. Then there was even more shouting before explosions and laser blasts were added to the noise from before. Anyway, the Magistrate aboard the prison ship, Penitent, is a very nice man and I was very soon on my way back. Treg Esther joined us by then, so we went for another round. Everyone had gotten the hang of it by this time and it was a very slick operation, which meant I was the slowest and last. So I had a massive strop and bombed the cargo bay again. So it was back to the Penitent and another ticking off from the Magistrate we're in first name terms now. Oh, and the winner was, uh Um... Techie Mr. B, I think. Yeah, let's say it was him. Anyway, I am very, very sorry for carpet bombing the docking bee and Cavalieri. I promise it won't happen again. Or will it? No, it won't. It won't. Definitely not. So anyway, Happy Bubble Tea Day and, Spankout uh, Spank Out Day. Whatever that is. I'm not looking it up in Galnet just in case. Sorry again, Mia.
5: Good evening, trackers. Atrus 5060 here. To be honest, I'm a little bored by the Thargoids now, and we're all in limbo. I can get very low, you know. I used to be champion. I know that a number of Commanders have been attempting to fix the last 30 stations and we're all looking forward to using our lovely carriers to carry the necessary goods. Now everyone remember, loose lips sink ships and we don't want Tharg hearing about all of this otherwise he might do something nasty like burn more as fast as we can fix them and that would just be annoying. In the meantime, you can have a go at a few stragglers from the Thargoid fleet in the odd place around the Pleiades, but remember, if you kick the wasp's nest too hard, you're going to get stung on your unmentionables. That's all from me, and for the mug.
3: Well, based on last week's results, and thank you to Wilma for taking care of my slot. It's a great relief to know my bits in such reliable hands. You lot are very good at following instruction. That's not a typo in the script or bad grammar on my part, it's just how it is. So, I'll ignore the danger of the Liberals creeping up on us in Hill Passy, even though if you don't sort that out the wonderful Baz from Special Effect won't have a home to come back to after his big bubble banter bus Grand Tour finishes, and I'll just ask you to kick this shit out of the dirty dogs from Sirius in Avic. These buggers are getting too close for comfort and we need to knock them down a peg or two. Helping Hutton or hindering Sirius Corporation doesn't matter, just sort that out. Over in Colonia we won the election, King Hanky sends his thanks to everyone involved, and this week has a very simple message. Leave Doriso alone and work for Hot Call in Eol Procol Centauri and Tier. That's it from me, so over to Norma.
2: I've been keeping an eye on things at the moment, and there are two that spring to mind. There's the Banter bus with Kinrain, and commanders throughout the galaxy have been joining him in exploring some of the rarer sights out there, from the track at Court to the Harmony Megaship, the Squirrely Bar in Pleon, and of course, Commander Jameson's Smashed Cobra. Tonight, starting very soon, he'll be heading over to one of the Inra bases, and then onward to our interesting sights, one a night from 9pm. Where he's off to next, we don't know. But as look who had it would have it, we can talk to him in a bit. Also, the Buckyball Racing Club seems to be back in action with their Signs of Life expedition. The Signs of Life race involves visiting as many different locations where life of one sort or another can be found, scanning the different types of life form present, and returning to the starting system within a fixed time limit. The time limit is 30 minutes for regulation DBX and one hour for unlimited. At each life bearing location, it is required to scan a life form with the composition scanner which grants the Commander a Codex Voucher upon completion if it is the first time that type of life form has been scanned in that particular visit to that star system i.e. if you scan two types of brain trees in one system, only the first will give you the voucher the winner will be the Commander who has scanned the most in the time available and returned to the start point intact. Scans after the time limit will not count Excess time will be, due, will be used to determine placings in the event of a tie. You can run the race as many times as you like and try to improve over the duration of the event. The race begins at the megaship ferry in sign of ENHD 1196, either Saddler's Song or the Conduit, or the outpost, the prospects in the same system. Be aware that the ferry megaships make their jumps to and from Zendi in server downtime on Thursdays. This makes the system easy to reach but you might find yourself with a trip back to undertake if you are docked on a ship heading back to the bubble. There is no set course but rather a list of locations where life can be found. It is necessary to map the bodies using the detailed surface scanner to find the locations on planetary surfaces. It is not required to land at a particular signal source location on a life-bearing world. Note that some worlds may have multiple types of life that could count. Once a suitable location has been identified, and if desired, de- deploy the SRV to scan a life form within the composition scanner. Sometimes it can be faster to scan from the ship, sometimes a landing is faster. Be aware of the surface gravity. For more information, you can check out the bookyballers at bookieballracing.co.uk. And that was the news. Flossie here with this week's Community Created Community Goals news. This week on the Community Created Community Goals, the goal is to do whatever you damn well like. Me? Well, I've got some crocheting, well, or even costage that I need to finish. So that's all from me this week. See you next week. Flossie told you what to do.
6: Now you're a and trucker, all you gotta do is truck that truck. When you're a and trucker, if you can't turn a profit, then you're out of luck. It's for the moment that we fly all over the space, point to, to light Crossed at a hell of a pace. Just turn the wheel and keep that smile on your face. Maybe someday soon you'll be a top trucker.
1: If Water Spoon's missing, so's Buck. But we'll go take a look at the Hudden Helper and make it up as we go along. How does Buck know what you're getting up to around in the galaxy? He installs a little piece of software called the Hudden Helper on your ship. Only available from Lacon Spaceways.
3: Woo! Round of applause for that one. Jumping Point. around like Van when he realizes it's Thursday and doesn't have a script yet. Commander Comet Barn. 45,455 light years.
2: Selling cargo like a supermarket sells bug roll during a lockdown. Montgomery Python with 60,078 units. Yeehaw! Hitting the mission
6: points like Splendor on his dartboard. It's Texas Stew with 1,030 points. Yeehaw!
1: Tackling the dastardly Don with the bounties this week. Mezar Curran at 63,955,564 credits.
3: Fighting the good fight like an armed militia with those combat bonds, command a starry day with 33,858,716 credits.
2: Going way too far and then back again with exploiter. MindWipe with 442,314,446 credits. And
6: hauling a lot more passengers in a transatlantic flight, it's Techie Mr. B with 2,566 passengers transported around the galaxy.
1: Then last but not least, the amount of Thargoids killed is Galagachamp, Six hundred and thirty-five kills.
2: The fastest run to Hutton Orbital is still held by Brett Riverboat in one hour, twenty-two minutes, thirty-one seconds. And the fastest run to Hutton Orbital this month of April is held by Doc Jack in one hour, twenty-three minutes, and five seconds. That was very British. Oh, sorry.
1: Yeah. Me, we don't we
6: just do it again. <laughs> she was educated over in England.
2: Fastest runs, <laughs> hot and <laughs> yes, how
3: do, how round you, how, <laughs> Apologies, book. <Buck.
6: laughs> yeah. And how does this? How does this? How does this outro bit go? Hang on a second. I'm trying to remember that bit. Oh, I can't remember. Yeehaw! It's buck time. <laughs> Flossie all, for, tells you what to do.
1: Notice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
6: yes. The only... Naked way. tells you what you did. Boom. And if you heard your name on this radio station, then send us a message and we send you one of these newfangled hunting decals, unless you've already got one, in which case we're not going to bother. And
1: don't Yeehaw. forget to sign up for the Hutton helper at hot.forthemug.com. Almost
6: as easy as making up a script at the last minute because we got no presenters. Yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: For the mug. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the, it. the end of the show. Mug. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off
0: too? New from Eddie Lee Wise, My husband Ken and my wife Barb's have been hard at work polishing helmet and invented new Ranger cream to keep helmet fresh all year round. Helmet Butter, the shiny new ungent for you and your flight suit. Only from Eddie Lee Wise and Sons, plus me daughters, at Lave Station. Right, sir, wipes are on side. New, from Eddie Lee Wise and Sons, plus me daughters. You sick of seeing Camel Toe every time you look down at Cockpit. The latest in footwear for the commander who likes something hoofing good for their feet. Only at Lave's station. My, you have got big feet, sir.